This meeting is now being recorded. Shalom, everyone. This is Elliot Salo Schoenberg, International Director of Placement for the Rabbinical Assembly, and this is Chodesh Tov, a monthly podcast that is a joint project of the Jewish Theological Seminary, the Ziegler School of Rabbinic Studies in Los Angeles, the Schechter Institute in Jerusalem, and the Conservative Yeshiva, and of course, the International Rabbinical Assembly. Today, it is my pleasure and privilege to introduce to you Rabbi Eliezer Diamond, Associate Professor of Talmud Rabbinics at JTS. Welcome, Professor Diamond. Thanks very much, uh, Elliot, or Rabbi Schoenberg, since you're calling me Professor. And um, just want to say that I consider it a great privilege, honor, and pleasure to be sharing some Torah with, a particular with former students who I actually like to think of as still being my students in some sense, who are also now my colleagues. Um, it's an opportunity that I haven't had with most of you for a long time, so it's nice, nice to reconnect in this way. And, of course, I'm not limiting my – you can listen to this even if you're not a former student, but that in particular is what makes this a great pleasure for me. So I want to share some thoughts with you and update you on what has going what has been and is going on in terms of thinking about how Judaism can meaningfully address the environmental challenges that we face today. I want to start by saying that the general assumption is that there are not that many Jewish sources and certainly very few rabbinic sources that address contemporary environmental concerns. We all know that the usual suspect is Baal Tashrit, um, and that, as it turns out, doesn't get us very far, and I'll have more to say about that later on. And just to give you an example of this, as I'm sure you all know, the volume The Observant Life came out recently, and there was an event at the Park Avenue Synagogue to celebrate the publication of The Observant Life in a, a panel that was chaired by uh, Gary Rosenblatt of the Jewish Week. And one of the comments that was made at the panel by, by a member of the panel was um, he, he congratulated Rabbi Larry Traster in writing the chapter for writing the chapter on Judaism and the environment because, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, there's virtually nothing about this issue in Jewish sources. And this I, I, I respectfully disagree, and in fact, I think that there is much in biblical and rabbinic sources that's relevant to environmental issues, but as always true with Jewish texts, we need to read thoughtfully and deeply, um, and we discover relevance. Um, That there is much that is relevant is made clear in a book that was published in 2006, written by Jeremy Benstein, called The Way into Judaism and the Environment, published by Jewish Lights, and it's part of a series of uh, books, The Way Into X. Um, I'm not going to rehearse everything or anything, really, any part of what Benstein says, but I I recommend that book to you if you're interested um, in this issue. Um, What I am going to share with you is a proceed of a course that I taught uh, last spring uh, called Balancing Nature, Community, and Individual Rabbinic Perspectives on uh, Rabbinic Perspectives, sorry. 
And uh, this course built on, continued, and in some ways reframed some of Benstein's work. So one of the decisions that I made from the very beginning in uh, framing and preparing my course was I didn't want to use the term environmental ethics, which is often used in context of discussing, discussing environment. And I felt that this is a term that doesn't capture the nature of biblical and rabbinic discourse. It's, it's really a term coming from the outside. And I'm a big believer that when we study Jewish texts and Jewish topics, that we should use Jewish terms. Um, otherwise, I feel that the discussion gets skewed somewhat. I mean, just to give another example, I'm not a big fan of talking about rabbinic or biblical spirituality. It's a term that essentially uh, originates in a Christian context. I'm not opposed to it, but I think it's not the most useful term when we're discussing Judaism and Jewish texts. So instead, what I spoke about in the course was uh, a Jewish-slash-rabbinic environmental narrative. And I like that term or that, uh, because I think both in Tanakh and in rabbinic literature, narrative is used not only in non-legal contexts, but also in legal or the case of rabbinic literature, halachic ones, in the sense that cases instead of principles are usually at the heart of uh, legal discourse in biblical and rabbinic uh, sources. And also, our rabbis speak of halachic obligation, and not so much, or not, almost never in terms of ethical imperatives, um, even though those ethical values are inherent in many cases um, in halachic discussion. And the last reason I don't didn't want to use the term ethics is that, obviously, both for Tanakh and for our rabbis, God is an important part of the conversation, and that's not necessarily, and I think not generally the case, um, in ethical discourse. Now, when we want to bring Judaism to bear to the environmental discussion in the public square, we might or might not have to leave God out of the equation, but when we're discussing these issues internally, God has to be part of the discussion. Um, and the importance of this is immediately apparent when we're talking about the relevance of the creation narrative in Breshid to environmental issues. Because what that narrative tells us is that God is the creator and the owner, as it were, of everything that exists. And this clearly has two implications, which are more or less explicit in Breshid. The first is that nothing in the world, including ourselves, is ours in any absolute sense. Right? Everything that we are and everything that we have is a gift from God. Um, and the corollary that flows from this is that we are obligated to use those gifts in accordance with God's will, whether general or specific. Um, so on the one hand, uh, in the first paragraph of sheet as is famously or some people infamously uh, stated there that we have the right to have dominion over the rest of creation, uh, but that's qualified by a second chapter of Breshit where we are commanded uh, in connection with Ganeden, which obviously it stands for the world as a whole that we are obligated to be responsible stewards 
uh, of what God has created. Um, and when I speak about, uh, I mean, just going back to a point that I made before, I talked about the appropriate terminology for a Jewish discussion. I keep saying creation, God's creation, and I will throughout, because the term that's often used, which is nature, I actually did use it in the title of the course, but nature, again, is not a term that's native to Judaism. It's Greek in origin, and, and, and in fact, as many people have pointed out, it's a problematic term uh, to use in the environmental, in the context of the environmental uh, discourse, because nature includes us. So the idea of speaking of ourselves apart from nature is problematic and even counterproductive, I think, in terms of creating a sense of identification and empathy and responsibility for the world as a whole. So there's a lot more to say about uh, the biblical contribution to uh, the discussion of environmental issues, but I'm, I'm going to jump to rabbinic teachings, which is my area of expertise and mainly my area of concern and interest in general and with regard to this issue. And I want to outline four um, aspects of rabbinic teachings that I think add substantially to the discussion of environmental issues. So the first is that how rabbis speak in terms of halakha. Their language is halakha. I know you all know that, but let me use that as a jumping-off point. Because the implication of this is, well, not even implication, but the fact is, the result is, that our rabbis speak about specific directives. And this is crucial if we want to go beyond general statements about how important it is to attend to the environment and to care about it, because halachic literature can and should be employed to establish specific obligations in light of our general obligation of lo'ovda l'shomra. The second thing is that halacha is extremely helpful in determining how to balance the need to protect the environment with economic and other needs of society and the individual. It's not enough to say we have to take care of the environment. We have to figure out a viable way of doing that while at the same time not abandoning uh, culture and society as we know it. Now, this is a very difficult balance to achieve, and it can be abused, as we well know, because almost anything can be seen as a human need or an economic need. But it has to be done. This balance has to be achieved if we're going to talk about these issues meaningfully. And it is a thoughtful discussion and a, a defining of specifics, which is what halakha does, that's going to help us navigate this difficult uh, discussion. The third thing is that the problem of environmental degradation can be framed uh, particularly in light of the second chapter of Bava Batra, as an interpersonal issue. So abuse of the environment is not just a sin against creation, but against our fellow human beings. And the laws of neighbors, which is how Rambam phrases and, uh, and, and conceptualizes the halachot of Bava Batra, chapter 2, um, remind us that every time we degrade the world, we're affecting not only the environment, but we're also having a negative impact on our neighbors. And in in our time, we can say that all the world's inhabitants really are our neighbors. So given the, 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 the 
magnitude of the world's population and the increasing scarcity of resources, including clean air and clean water, and the potential existential threat, really, posed by pollution, you could say that we have a ben adam l'chavero obligation to diminish our carbon footprint. The fourth thing is that it's really important to study honestly and unflinchingly the ways in which halakha has failed to protect the environment. We have to ask ourselves how we could reformulate halakha in these areas to be more environmentally friendly. And, and the, the uh, sort of parade instance of this is the prohibition of Baal which of course is the usual suspect when it comes to adducing uh, Jewish concern with the environment. Now we know in the Torah itself, the Torah speaks of the prohibition against destroying fruit trees. But by the time we get to uh, the rabbinic sources, a very strange thing happens, which is that on the one hand, our rabbis expand this prohibition to everything. So you can't use fuel um, inefficiently. You can't destroy any object without justification. But on the other hand, uh, Chazal allow the destruction of everything, including fruit trees, if the financial gain that will result from that destruction is greater than the inherent value of the fruit tree. So basically what's happened is that Chazal have commodified these trees. They've commodified all of God's creation. And inevitably, this is going to lead to privileging our own needs over uh, respecting and uh, protecting uh, the world at large, the environment at large, including air and water and much else. So I think we have to face this, and we have to ask ourselves how we ought to rebalance, the, from a halakhic perspective, the concern for the environment um, and to, to give that greater weight in light of um, our economic needs or desires. So um, there's a lot more to be said about all of these issues, but I hope that I've given you some sense of the work that's been done and, and the work that I'm doing in this area, and there's much that remains to be done um, in understanding how Judaism and uh, rabbinic sources and halakha in particular can be you know, studied and formulated in a way that can make a fruitful, pun intended, contribution um, to environmental discussion uh, and to the discussion of the environmental challenges um, that we're facing in the 21st century. And since uh, this recording is being done on a Friday, I'm going to wish you all Shabbat Shalom. Hello, everyone. This is Elliot Schoenberg again. I want to thank Professor Eliezer Diamond for his timely and important podcast on the environment. This has been Chodesh Tov, and let me take this opportunity to wish all of you a good Chodesh. Thank you so much for being with us.